This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome to the Untold Story Podcast, everybody. I'm Martha McCallum. Great to have you with us. Today, I'm joined by Steve Miller, who has written two stories recently in Real Clear Investigation that caught my eye. And I wanted to have an opportunity to speak with him about it on the podcast because it's longer form, obviously. And I think it's it's a little bit complicated. And anybody who has any concerns about election integrity and issues along these lines and how what it's going to look like in 2024 in terms of get out the vote efforts, I think we'll be super interested in what Steve has written about. So, Steve, welcome. Great to have you with us today. Hi, Martha. So you've written, I always like to give people a little bit of a backstory because it's called The Untold Story. Tell, tell people who you are, what you like to write about. I know you've written about true crime and rock and roll as well as tax-exempt nonprofits, right? <laughs> That's right, yeah. Those are the true crime and the rock and roll are kind of my hobbies. Um, but primarily, I like to focus on just on, on current current events, uh, things that happen. I've covered elections for a long time. I was on the ground in twenty uh, in two thousand for election two thousand, uh, the Bush v. Gore, and ever since that, I've been interested in, in how we vote. So, so yeah, I cover a lot of that kind of thing. You know, so the, the headline of this second piece that you wrote is how tax-exempt nonprofits skirt U.S. law to turn out the Democrat base in elections. So give everybody a sense of what you're writing about here, Steve. Well, the idea behind the piece is that, you know, nonprofits, and depending on your status, 501c3, 501c4, uh, you have some some latitude on, on your political activity. What has happened over the past, we could go probably 10 uh, 10, 15 years, is that these uh, these, these nonprofits, uh, more progressively oriented, uh, have managed to insert their, their their activities into the way we vote, turning out voters, um, actively uh, campaigning against voter security measures, and so on. So they've done a really good job of it, and, uh, and, and particularly on the get-out-the-vote activity. Republicans, conservatives have never really needed that kind of work done. Uh, the conservative base has turned out fairly, uh, fairly regularly and, and done very, very well uh, for that constituency. But in terms of uh, uh, as far as the progressives, they've always had to fight to get their vote out. And now what we've seen is these progressive uh, nonprofits have stepped up and uh, and really begun to uh, uh, you know, to lobby to turn out the vote. They've even engaged lobbyists to fight against uh, voter security measures and so on. And they cloak those as a. Uh, they say those are more. Uh, those are inhibiting the vote. You know, they're 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 trying to keep the vote down. But it's in most cases, it's really just voter security that 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 uh, conservative-led uh, groups are trying to do. But. Regardless, either way, these nonprofits have, have become real activist machines and very, very integral to the uh, to democratic victories. Meanwhile, uh, Republicans have 
been on their hands and not done a whole lot regarding this this kind of activity and engaging the voter outside the campaign. So I, I think, you know, with regard to, I want to break that down into both areas, but with regard to get out the vote, you know, I think a lot of people watch uh, some President Trump, the former president on the on the campaign trail, talking about Zuckerbucks and the impact of Zuckerbucks, a big donation that Mark Zuckerberg gave to get out the vote efforts. And I think when people hear that who maybe don't follow these things very closely, they're like, well, that's not a big deal. Sure, you know, get out the vote is a good thing to do. Um, people should be encouraged to participate in democracy. But you're talking about the fact that some of these dollars that are going to nonprofit entities and they get tax exempt status are not equal across the board in trying to get out the vote in terms of uh, party effort. They tend to the money that's tax exempt is going much more towards Democrat voters and making sure they vote. Is that correct? Yeah, it's true. I mean, they, these these activist nonprofits, they, they target I mean, they, they, they target constituencies that they know will be favorable to their uh, to the party, to their interests, I guess. We shouldn't say party, I guess, uh, to their interests. Um, uh, you know, it's, you just say, well, like, for example, like one has a stated mission of encouraging people in specified dem- demographics, unmarried women, people of color, young people to vote. Those are all great. We should, you know, everybody should be, you know, should be encouraged to vote. But those those three groups are part of the uh, Democratic Party's base. Um, I think they're. I think we looked at they were like two and a half times more likely to vote uh, when engaged by a nonprofit, and they're also, of course, more likely to vote uh, for uh, progressive interests. So, so yeah, that, that it's it's selective in that way. We, we talk about Zuckerberg's, and, and that money did go to. And, and you could say they have, they have very good defense. They say, well, a lot of that went to urban areas. Uh, where there tend to be more progressive voters. There's no doubt about it. And they would say, and, and, and plausibly, that that's because that's where the, yeah, that's where they needed the most help. That's where the, uh, they had less resources. They had more people and more demand. So, you know, I mean, I think it's uh, the eye of the beholder mm-hmm. in some cases. So when the former president talks about Zuckerbucks, um, it was a couple hundred million dollars during COVID, as I recall, to help people with the voting process and get out to vote. Is there anything nefarious or anything illegal about any of these efforts? There, again, that's a, it's a disputable point, but there were some cases where, for example, in Wisconsin, I believe it's Green Bay, where they mm-hmm. actually engaged someone from their own organization. This is going back, one of the, the, the groups that were distributing the, uh, the, the so-called Zuckerbucks, they, uh, they actually had activists on the ground helping count votes. They had access to, uh, to, to areas that really they shouldn't. Uh, if, if you wanted to keep the appearances, at least keep appearances of, a, of an up and up uh, balloting process. So, yeah, there were some, I mean, there's some, some you know, some squishy areas. Some of that, uh, that uh, Zucker, Zuckerberg money went to ads to get out the vote. They were targeted, again, to these, uh, you know, to, to constituencies that would, um, you know, very, very, you know, easily see as favorable to vote progressive interests. So, yeah, if you if you really went in and I think uh, the former president said something about that, you know, these were targeting areas that uh, uh, that were going to turn out the vote for uh, his opponent. And that was that's very true. Um, Illegal. mm, That's you know, I don't know. You don't you don't know. Nothing in your reporting turned up anything that that would break election laws. No, 
nothing, something that could, you know, you could probably take, take out and, and, and contest. But as we've seen in the courts, they've, they've, these have been, uh, you know, decided pretty much uh, across the board in terms of uh, uh, there was no illegal activity. Again, right. uh, perception so much of this. I mean, if you want a, a, an appearance of an up-and-up election, don't do this stuff. The Untold Story continues right after this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Now, in terms of the other side of the political equation for Republican conservative circles, you write that they just aren't as good at this, or is it that their voters are in more rural areas? Is it harder to pull off this kind of get out the vote organization? What did you find with in regard to that? Um, all that. Yeah. In fact, we mm -hmm. found that they, they were not able that the Republicans, again, they tend to be in, uh, they, they, not always, but they, uh, for the most part, will be more outside the urban areas. So the suburban areas, the, uh, the, the rural spots. So, you know, when you're doing a, if you wanted to do it, a get out the vote campaign in those areas, you really, you, you, you've got the vote already. They're going to turn out. The people that are going to turn out are going to turn out. You can push it a little harder, I think, uh, and that's probably where the Republicans are going to have to figure this out. Um, they'd have to figure out that they, they're, they're going to have to do, even go into the urban areas and say, well, where are, I mean, because anybody mm -hmm. lives in the city knows, you know, you're going to have neighbors that are, that are going to vote, that, that are, they're not die hard. Um, and so you want to get the people that are on the fence. Um, Republicans don't have that kind of data crunching. If they do, they aren't showing it. Uh, ability to go in there and really uh, go after these those, those voters. Because remember, this, well, is that's so, yeah. been, this is a Democratic machine that's been doing this for a long time, starting with the right. campaign in 2008. So, so they have, in the, yeah. in the most recent story, I talked to uh, Sasha Eisenberg, who wrote a, a tremendous book called Victory Lab, The Victory Lab. And it really, it, it, it just shows how microanalytics and social science and voter targeting, it was it, essentially Democrats stole it from the Republicans and did it really well. How did they steal it from Republicans? They watched it. They, they, mm -hmm. they watched it. They analyzed it. It was, it was almost a refinement of the, uh, of the tactics. And they also had something else that was very, uh, it was integral they had younger individuals who were, who were regular, who were, who were comfortable to do this uh, with kind of a collectivist mindset. And, you know, it's kind of a, I think uh, Sasha called it a historical volunteer culture. And he said, it, you know, it's really just set the table for this nonprofit base of the left to take shape. You know, and I, I, I think it appeared to me like, well, Republicans are like trying to make the next, uh, create the best Oreo. Democrats are really trying to win elections because it's more more religion to them. They they hold politics more as a religion. Republicans tend to be, you know, they're trying to make money. They they're not always as engaged in uh, in this. 
It's really, it's so interesting. You know, you look at how close our elections have become. The last several presidential elections decided by tens of thousands of votes in a handful of states. And it looks like it's going to be that way again. So are you saying that you, you know, when we look at these polls where uh, you see voters, in some cases, Hispanic voters, black voters, women voters who have been more reliably Democrat showing some flexibility on that in this current environment that maybe they're more open to voting for a conservative or Republican candidate than they were in the past, at least some percentage of them. And you don't see any real Republican effort along these lines to get out the vote in these urban areas that might actually exist or be potential for them. No, I I really don't. You don't see that uh, courting. You, You don't see that kind of courting. Uh, in the in the urban areas that you really should for you know again I'm looking at this like a like a football game um, mm-hmm. strategy would be for uh, Republicans to get in there and, and and see if they can't as you as you know yes they're probably more open to voting for someone different uh, instead of voting along party lines they might be open to voting for someone if they were presented with uh, properly presented with a with a candidate and a, a stance on an issue that might you know that would that would be beneficial to them and because that's really right how people vote they vote what's going to help me uh and that's how they should vote um but but yeah um you know they are tell me about some some of these specific um i'm sorry some of the specific organizations that do this on the democrat side you list some of them in your piece and are there any equivalent organizations that are backed by people with the kind of money zuckerberg has on the other side Really haven't seen any anybody that's really, you know, I think I'm trying to remember the RNC did a report uh, 2021, I guess. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, they did a report on, you know, get the, how the vote turned out in 2020 and hoping they could learn from it and so on. And the report was like a 20 page it read like a 20 page PR job, you know, like here's how we could, you know, here's what what we did right. And but nobody wanted to say what they did wrong. Um, what they did wrong was lost the election. If, if you were that on that team, you would, you know, you lost that game. And so mm-hmm. you would think they'd be a little more, you know, maybe starting more groups that were more interested in getting the vote out rather than supporting. And again, there's nothing that you should have these. Uh, what do we want to say? We want to shape voting fairness. You know, you want to have security. You want to have that kind of thing. You, you know, ID is one of those disputed. Voter ID is one of those disputed things. But they're not turning out groups or forming groups that will go into these urban areas and and try to, you know, cultivate a uh, cultivate a base of people that might be open to uh, open to offers. I mean, you list the Tides Foundation with a billion dollars in 2020 new venture fund um, in 2006 as the Arabella Legacy Fund. Uh, the Silicon Valley Community Foundation, all of these giving hundreds of millions of dollars to get out the vote efforts in areas that tend to lean more progressive or Democrat. And what you're telling me is is actually, I think, going to be very shocking to a lot of people that there isn't an equivalent on the other side. I mean, you look at some of these folks who, you know, like Larry Ellison, for example, poured millions of dollars into the Tim Scott campaign. So there isn't any whose fault is that? Is it the RNC's fault? There's no one coordinating a, a similar get out the vote effort on the Republican side. I mean, I, I feel like I'm asking the same question again, but um, but, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, can you can you clarify it again? We're looking for the, the I guess you go to the quarterback or the captain of the ship, right? 
Mm. And he said, is that the RNC? Yeah. Is that Ronna McDaniel? Uh, I would suppose. I, I, but I, again, I'm not on the inside. I'm not a party member, so I really don't know. There's probably mm-hmm. people inside those parties that would, or those groups that would probably think, would come out. And, well, they can't because it's politics, right? So if you go out, you tell the truth. You, there's there's a price to pay for telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But you would. You know, and then again, you kind of look and say, well, what's keeping some of these, uh, you know, these conservatives have a lot of money. I mean, people used to look exactly at the Koch brothers as the, as the boogeyman. And, and so why not, uh, you know, why not have some more more boogeyman, I guess, if that's what uh, if that's what it calls for. If you're that team, you probably want to uh, you want to fight fire with fire in an organized manner as the as their opponents um, clearly seem to be doing. Um, sure. b- before I let you go, I, I want to ask you about you, t- you spoke in the early part of our discussion about lobbying against voter security measures, which yeah. would be lobbying in D.C. against uh, voter I.D., for example, things along those lines. And you see that as a very powerful force for for Democrats in terms of voting. Yeah, yeah, they've uh, in, in a lot of most of their lobbying has been done in state houses, where a state would have a, have a bill, a measure mm-hmm. proposed that would be uh, they would perceive sure. as uh, as voter intimidation. That's it. Those are just two sides of voter security, voter intimidation. It's in the eye of the beholder again. Uh, but they've got a loud megaphone. They, they scream real loud when somebody has a voter security, something like voter ID. Um, or, or something like that, or early vote. If you're curtailing early voting, although we've seen early voting expanded in most states, you would if, if you even touched that that early voting uh, date, uh, you would be accused of voter intimidation. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you're gonna, you, 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 there's uh, those lobbyists are, are active. And uh, an earlier story we chronicled. I don't have that story at my fingertips, but we chronicled. Uh, I chronicled how much they've begun increasing their 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 presence in state houses. So when you look ahead to 2024, what will you be watching in terms of how these elements are going to play out? To be honest, I'm really interested in, in how much private money will be pouring into some of these elections offices. I'm really interested. I know we know it's going to happen again. Probably wasn't a great idea, um, but, uh, but it's going to happen again. And I'm kind of curious about how that, that happens, how that works out. All right. We'll be watching. Uh, Steve Miller, we'll be watching for your pieces to come and hope to talk to you more as the election progresses. Thank you so much for being with us today. All right. Thanks, Martha. Good talking with you. You've been listening to The Untold Story with Martha McCallum. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Make sure to rate and review. For more podcasts, go to foxnewspodcast.com. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.